Let's start by lighting our chalice this morning. Our community knows no boundaries. We are not confined by the physical limits of walls, or for that matter, what often binds us, restricts us, or holds us back. We are freer than we know. When we release ourselves and each other from expectations of what is needed for true community, we are here together in space. I see you, I hear you, I love you, and I light this chalice, a beacon of this community, holding us all together here and now. But we really appreciate the fact that you are all willing to step into this, and I just want to point out that we have 75 people um, computer screens who have zoomed in and we were expecting 20 to 30. So um, it's just, we are overwhelmed by the response and we're so grateful that all of you are here. Um, and it makes things even more complex. Um, let us start by joining in singing once again with Tracy and David up in the sanctuary. There is a love. One more time. There is a I'd like to invite you into a time of centering. This meditation has its roots in the Buddhist tradition. It's called the Metta Prayer. And it's about developing practices of kindness and compassion for yourself and for others. At a time like this, a time when there's much to fear, and much anxiety, this meditation brings out a blessing for ourselves and for all beings. So first, sit comfortably and at ease. I invite you to close your eyes. Become aware of yourself. And sense yourself seated here in the mystery of life. Feel your breath coming and going, just naturally. And then repeat what I say, either out loud or silently where you are. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I feel safe and protected. May I know peace. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I feel safe and protected. May I know peace. Now think of someone you care about. Is that picture in your mind? Think of their good qualities. 
Feel your connection to them, your liking for them. Let good wishes for them fill your heart and your thoughts. Keep this person in your mind as you repeat what I say out loud or silently. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you feel safe and protected. May you know peace. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you feel safe and protected. May you know peace. Now, think of someone you may have some conflict with. Think about the sorrow this causes in your heart. Think about their heart and the healing. Keep this person in your mind as you repeat what I say out loud or silently. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you feel safe and protected. May you know peace. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you feel safe and protected. May you know peace. Finally, think about this community of people. Think of yourself. Visualize yourself as a beacon of light, a chalice burning with loving kindness. And visualize how you spread that light and warmth to each person in this congregation. And now think of how you spread this light throughout the Kirkland community. Keep all of us in your mind as you repeat what I say out loud or silently. May we be filled with loving kindness. May we feel safe and protected. May we know love and peace. May we be filled with loving kindness. May we feel safe and protected. May we know love and peace. So two weeks ago, I was on a Zoom call with a colleague who mentioned she didn't know what all the fuss was about. 
After all, we get the flu every year. So why did we care about this new virus? It was just a variant of the flu. So I felt like I had to agitate her a little bit, shake her up out of her casual reaction. And I mentioned just because that we're used to the flu, we may not fully respect how deadly it is. It's a lot like how we drive cars every day without fully recognizing the risk we take every time we get into a car. But the flu is actually deadly. And those of us in the healthcare profession are very aware that this year alone, there'll be 30,000 people who die in the flu, and sometimes it's worse. 2017, 61,000 people died in the United States. The thing about the COVID-19 virus is that it is the unknown. And we always tend to be a little more afraid of the unknown. And this virus seems to spread easier and spread faster, and it has double the death rate of the normal flu we have. It has the potential of being catastrophic. Containing the spread of this virus can be what prevents countless deaths. So then I read about people almost on the verge of panic. People who are hoarding food, wearing masks, and I can't tell you how many phone calls and emails I have been answering over the past few weeks from friends and family, friends and family, friends and family <laughs> who are high with anxiety and fear. And I've told them that they may be overreacting, that most of us who get this virus will not get sick. It seems the symptoms are much mild, milder than the influenza, especially for children. And so I've been in that awkward position of comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfort, comfortable. It seems like I'm a contrarian. I'm gonna be disagreeing with no matter who I talk to these days. So I talked with my friend who is the Reverend Kristen Karuga in the Saltwater UU Church, who is a practicing Zen Buddhist. And she pointed out that this path between the panic and the complacency is what is often called the middle way. In Buddhism, the way of wisdom is the middle way. It's about being willing to see what is, being present to this moment in reality, and then to do the next best thing. To do this, we need to be willing to notice our fears, noticing our attachments and our aversions. We need to be aware of what we want to happen and what we don't want to happen. And we need to be aware of our judgments, our opinions, and we need to learn how to hold those loosely. The middle way is when we stay focused on the here and now and do the next best thing to take action that is loving and compassionate, that centers the needs of the community of the whole above the individual. And this contains the recognition that we are interconnected, that we're part of this interdependent web of all life that we so often talk about when we mention our principles. The myth of individualism 
that denies the dependence and essential role we each play in our lives leads to self-serving actions that damage us all. It is at times like this that we can quite literally see the ways that we are connected as a virus passes from country to country, from state to state, from community to community, from person to person. It's undeniable, this web. And so each of us, each action we take is not for ourselves alone. It's for the good of us all. It is for the good of those who are most vulnerable among us. The middle way includes that valuable reminder that we not only center ourselves and be mindfully present, but we do the next best thing. I love that phrase, the next best thing. In a time like this, it is easy sometimes to do the next best thing. It may mean washing my hands just a little bit longer. And it may mean that when I see you, I hold my hand to my heart to show I see you. I offer you a smile. I may offer you my elbow or a fist bump. Those are the easy ways. Sometimes it may feel hard, like staying socially distant. Staying four to six feet apart feels kind of weird. Sometimes it feels hard, like not meeting in large groups, such as this community that is so close to each other, or staying at home if we know we have higher risks of becoming ill. It's hard not to hug. It's hard not to be hugged and to not be touched. And for some, this may actually feel impossible. I have friends whose work pays so little and they get no sick leave and they're losing their work as gatherings are rescheduled and workplaces are scaling down. It's a time like this that our issues of income inequality and insufficient healthcare multiplies the pressures on all of us. So we need to look for that middle way in all of this and think of the next best action. And we do these, even when they feel hard and when they feel like a sacrifice, because we will choose, we will always choose to take care of ourselves and our family and our community. These are actions of love. We know neighbors and members of our Kirkland community have died. These are mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers. They are people who have been held in love. If washing my hands prevents one more death, then I can do that act of love. And if not being in the room with all of you prevents one of you from risking your fragile health, then I can do that act of love. I don't know what's gonna happen in the next weeks or months, but I do believe that in part, at least, what happens is going to be up to us. It's going to be up to the support and care we show each other. So a few weeks ago, I talked about the need to step more boldly into a place of love, risking being in that place. And who knew that now would be that time? 
to risk boldly loving each other in ways we did not even imagine. This is the time to reach out to your neighbors, especially those at high risk. Call the members of the church who live close to you. Join in a weekly Zoom chalice circle. Stay close and stay connected with all of us. And please, if you are ill, we want to know, we need to know. We want the opportunity to shower you with love. Don't deny us that chance for us to step into the place of loving you so you feel held and supported and nurtured. My prayer is that all of us can find the middle way in this time of uncertainty. Recognize where we are and center ourselves and do that next best thing. Recognize we're connected, even when we are not all together present. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you feel safe and protected. May you know peace. Today, our closing words are from Letting Go, adapted from a writing by Jay Wolin. Are we people of holding on or of letting go? Holding on to rigid ideas or letting go and opening our minds and our hearts to something new. Holding on to certainty of how things should be or letting go and living with the uncertainty of new ways of being in the world. Holding on to what makes us comfortable or letting go so we may grow, which can be uncomfortable. Holding on to what makes us safe or letting go to make room to help others feel safe. Our flame is the symbol of our religion. Let it be a symbol of burning up the ties that hold us back from our, being our true self and reaching our true potential. Let that flame be a symbol of lighting a new way for us into a better tomorrow. And let that flame be a symbol of letting go because holding on too long and too tightly is never good for the soul. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of compassion, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. It is so good. So good to see you all here in this space, in this one tiny room with me. Go lift it up. May love light your way. Moonlight, starlight, light your journey, light your way into the brightness of day. Blessed be, peace go with you in the following week. And join us again as we sing, Go Lift It Up. <laughs>